trick or treat. Go to hell. Hey guys, welcome back to Capacity Geek. I'm Alex. I'm joined with my friends Bobby and Walter. Say hey guys. Hey guys. Hey, what's up? Today, boys, we got something special for our audience. Do tell. Today is the first installment in our series, Let's Fight About It, where two of us are going to pick two films that go head-to-head against each other, and the one person in the middle gets to decide the winner. And today we're going to do a very special one, since it's almost Halloween. We picked two of our favorite scary movies, Walter and I did. Because, Bobby, you don't really like scary movies. You would be correct. We decided to put him in the middle and show him some spooky movies. And uh, see who gets the win. Now, uh, my pick is what we watched first and what we're talking about today. Trick or Treat by Michael Dougherty. Now, neither of you guys have seen this movie before we watched it, right? Right. Correct. Okay, that's great. Um, A little background with me in this movie. I think I saw this around 2010. I believe it came out in 2008. So I remember late at night, me and an old friend... Over Xbox Live, you remember how uh, with Xbox Live and Netflix you used to be able to watch movies? Those like a... were the days. That is the feature yeah. I miss most from from Xbox Live. Right, and they got rid of it too. Like before the Xbox 360's life cycle, they just got rid of it with Netflix. You couldn't watch it in like a little lobby with like your characters anymore. Right, I think it was. I think it was well before. Well the, before, yeah, the they, launch of Xbox One, right? They got rid of it altogether, and that kind of sucked. But anyway, an old friend of mine over Xbox, we just watch horror movies on Netflix all the time, in the middle of the night, and uh, we decided to watch Trick or Treat one night. He didn't really get too into it, but I adored it. I I don't know what it was about it, just how irreverent the humor was, and how it wasn't really a scary movie, but it was. More kind of like a horror anthology, kind of like Creep Show, or Tales of the Crypt, or Twilight Zone, kind of just those kind of stories. But the thing is that these were interwoven together. There's events in one story that lead into the ending of another one. Or you see characters from another story earlier in one story, and it was just a very interesting thing. It's just telling, it's like it's almost telling one story. What did you guys think when we first watched it? I truly enjoyed it. I really liked how it was twisty, but not like in an M. Night Shyamalan sort of way, where it was like, here's a twist, and here's a twist, and here's a twist. The twists were all done purposefully. They were all done to tell a story, not to just you know, leave you hanging by the end of it. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a really fun time. I thought all the stories by themselves were good, but together they really enhanced each other. I gotta think, was there four or five different stories going on at once? I think four? Four, yeah. Because I should know this because I'm, you know, I'm the one who showed you guys this, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely... Anna Paquin as the Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Werewolf story. There's Dylan Baker as the serial killer teacher or principal. I think he's supposed to be the principal of the school. There's uh, Brian Cox as the old bus driver that gets attacked by Sam at the end. And And then the kids. Yeah, the kids with the zombies. And not counting the 
woman who gets killed at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, that is four stories. Yeah, it really brought me back to those Tales of the Crypt kind of storytelling devices. And it's all in one night, one Halloween night. And I really do like how it mentions the whole traditions of Halloween, how they're sacred and how there's a malevolent force out there that will get you, either by changing your luck or just straight up going there to end you himself if you don't obey these rules. I kind of really like that. Um, So why don't we talk about each story just a little bit? Because I know there's definitely stuff that I want to talk to you guys about that, about this movie. Um, So the first one we actually see is Anna Paquin in uh, the Little Red Riding Hood story. Definitely a playoff Little Red Riding Hood, but the twist being that she is the wolf at the end, and uh, get a little bit of get a little bit of boob for you boys there in that story too. Uh, what did you guys think of that one? That one was a lot of fun. Um, I definitely wasn't expecting that kind of twist at the end of it. Definitely, I thought that was a really good, well placed twist. That they didn't they didn't telegraph the twist at all. They absolutely played it off the entire time like it was just an outdoor Halloween party and they were trying to get Anna Paquin's character laid. Right. And uh, it definitely does seem like that you know, just teen movie where it's just a group of girls. But um, this also brings to mind another series of uh, girl werewolf movies called Ginger Snaps. Not a lot of people know of those movies. But uh, it is a very similar um, uh, premise where it is a group of girls who turn into werewolves. So that was kind of fun. The main villain in this uh, episode is the main character in another one with uh, Dylan Baker as the serial killer. And you don't know that till the very end of this story. And it, it is a bit of a shock, not just... To see that they turn into werewolves, but when his cloak gets the removed and it turns out to be him, you know, unless you are very enamored with Dylan Baker's chin, you can't tell that he is the vampire murderer. He does get one victim though with his. Uh, that was really inventive of him, just razor tipped teeth, or whatever he uses to slice that girl up. Yeah, it seems like that's what he used. He just like. It seems like he would just, like, filed his teeth down and... Yeah. Well, don't they remove them at the... Yeah, they do. They do, so it's like a a prosthetic or something like that. Yeah, but, like, filed down to a point. Yeah. Which definitely brings the whole vampire aesthetic to it, which was kind of weird because it's supposed to be a take on Little Red Riding Hood, obviously, by... The outfit that she's wearing and all that. Okay, so since we're talking about Dylan Baker, why don't we talk about his story? Because his is actually my favorite. Because it starts out with the kid from Bad Santa uh, smashing pumpkins along the a neighborhood. And Dylan Baker does something to the candy to kill him. And I think that goes with the Halloween rules, too, where it's like take one like maybe you put poison in each candy and it won't get you unless you eat a certain amount of it that's probably what's going on there because it's supposed to be he is the most devout in the halloween guidelines you know um they do mention it we skip the intro but it is kind of this old 40s 50s era short film about the 
rules of Halloween, how don't go trick-or-treating alone, uh, jack-o'-lantern, um, only go to houses you know. It, it definitely brings in kind of like the creepiness, but also the childishness of this movie. But anyway, back to this story. Um, one twist, whenever I like to show these people, and this is probably the only time I was looking at you guys to see your reactions, was with him and his son at the end of his story. Because everybody thinks that just because he's so frustrated in the kid, I mean, admittedly, he is yelling, you know, Charlie Brown is an asshole. You know, just, (laughs) that kid, the kid is annoying, but also he's, like, really funny. I, I, I do like the kid in this movie. But um, maybe he'll grow up to be a killer like his dad, as implied in the end scene where he's dressed up like his father. But uh, and also probably by the uh, by the fact that he's helping him carve up a you know severed head. But <laughs> a modern jack o' lantern. A modern jack o' lantern. But everybody thinks that Dylan Baker is about to kill his son in that scene. Yeah, I definitely. Definitely thought he was about to kill his son, but it turns out it's a father-son murdering team. Oh yeah. Like Wait. I was, I was low-key hoping that would happen. That he killed the kid. But it didn't happen. You really didn't like that kid, did you? He was annoying. Hobby monster. <laughs> He's a little kid. Leave him. Charlie Brown's an asshole. Charlie Brown's an asshole. God, I love that kid. Um, okay, so Anna Paquin, uh, we already covered that. Dylan Baker. Uh, okay, the what I like to call, I'm pretty sure it's the biggest story in this anthology, like the longest, but it's also kind of the most boring for me, is the kids going to the quarry. They do seem to drag that one out a lot. There's definitely a, and that one also has the most lore to it. Like with Anna Paquin's werewolf story and Dylan Baker's serial killer story you're jumped right into a day in their lives. All we know is that they are these people, they do these things and everything but uh, we don't really get a backstory to them where as with the kids in the quarry and the zombie children we get a flashback and we get you know it is a very sad story you know just the bus driver getting paid off to kill these kids it was very uh sad to me yeah it i'd say it's the most messed up out of all the stories it is because and not just the fact that the bus driver was paid to kill these kids but he was paid by their parents yeah, yeah, that, that's the kicker. The parents didn't want the kids anymore and just hired the bus driver to drive them off a cliff. Then you just had that one kid on the bus saying, wrong way, wrong way. way. <clears throat> that was creepy. That was creepy. The three kids wanting to pull a prank on uh, on this other special girl. Uh, what do they call her? Rhonda the retard? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But she's not a retard. She's an idiot savant. But, um, yeah, they want to pay, play a prank on Rhonda, and uh, it goes horribly for them. Well, first, she accidentally hits her head and uh, gets knocked out, but 
than the zombie kids return. Do you think it's because they did the honoring of the jack-o'-lanterns? Or do you think it's because they sensed that another special needs child was getting mistreated? I think due to the overarching themes, it's probably with the jack-o'-lanterns. That's true. Because all the stories in the movie are connected by here's what happens if you break one of the rules of Halloween. Right. And also, let's not forget, we've gone about 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes. We've been going for about 12 minutes here and we forgot to mention Sam. He's kind of like the mascot of this movie and he's ingrained in all the stories. We see him either in passing or being very active in all of these stories. Uh... Where do we see him in the... Oh, in the Dylan Baker story, he's obviously taking candy from him. And if I believe it's right, if I believe I'm right, the chocolate bar he takes from Dylan Baker is what he later turns into a knife uh, in the Brian Cox story where he's going to the house and trying to kill uh, Mr. Creedy. And then, obviously, in the Mr. Creedy story, like I just said, he's trying to kill Mr. Creedy... Uh, he appears at the end of the Rhonda story, uh, you know, kind of... Kind of just crosses her path. Yeah, he's hanging out, and she walks by, and she notices him, but, I mean, she knows, you know, he's on her side. And he's just hanging out, watching the girls get naked and turn into werewolves in the Anna Paquin story. He... I know we mentioned... Well, we didn't mention it, because we actually didn't record this episode... Uh, when we were watching it, I was explaining to these guys how Pennywise is one of the modern-day horror mascots where Freddy and Jason were back then. Um, Pennywise, and definitely Sam. You know, um, you probably have seen just that character design. I don't know if you guys go to Halloween stores a lot this time of year or anything, but uh, you guys have probably definitely seen those character designs before, right? Oh, yeah. The... the with the sack and the pumpkin head or whatever he yeah, yeah it's a pumpkin head but um he is actually I gotta show you guys this later I should have showed you this because it's included on the DVD but he actually appears in one of Michael Dougherty's first animations he did an animation called Season's Greetings I believe where it is starring Sam I'm not gonna give anything away but uh we'll definitely watch it after recording tonight but, uh, yeah, so moving along, our final story connects. I don't know if I'd say, okay, so tonally, it connects to the Rock Quarry Kids story, but chronologically, it connects to Dylan Baker's story. Yeah. Because it's happening at the same time. And we even see it, we're, we're teased by it in the opening, in the opening uh, scene of the movie. Where you see Mr. Creedy kind of knocking on the door, or knocking on his window, trying to get Dylan Baker's attention, but Dylan Baker's not having any of that, and you see something tackle Creedy. That that is probably kind of the best. I do like it when movies do that. Not a lot of movies do that, where they have two scenes going at once, and you can just see one scene going on in the background, and then later they'll show you from a different perspective 
uh, the scene that was happening in the background and you see the scene from earlier happening happening in the background now. If that made any sense to you guys. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but uh, this one is definitely probably the most scariest just because you do get that sense of dread and Sam does make these weird just animalistic noises when Ari gets hurt or something like that and you know you, you feel bad for Mr. Creedy because you don't know well you do know because he stole those trick-or-treaters uh, candy in the beginning but uh yeah he stole the trick-or-treaters candy in the beginning and that's why Sam's going after him but uh it also turns out just the way to calm Sam is to just eat candy or just give him candy to eat and he'll eat it but I do like whenever Sam does have to kill someone he gets super creative with it like uh, the opening scene when the woman's taking down the gen- uh, the decorations when the woman's taking down the decorations on Halloween night he has this lollipop that he just bit to make razor sharp kind of like a blade and that's I believe like on the DVD menu and even somewhat on the uh, on the cover art that is uh definitely let's like Jason's machete or like Freddy's gloves is that lollipop with the bite in it that, that, to him that's what it is but like I said also he got this blade candy bar from Dylan Baker earlier and uh, he uses that which is very inventive you know you know every year they say oh check your candies for razor blades and stuff like that you know because there are some sick puppies who actually do that and you know, it can be harmful to kids. Definitely it's harmful to kids to raise a blade in the candy. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a shame we have to talk about that in this day and age. But that is something that goes on, and it's sick. Yeah, PSA, if you're handing out candy to trick-or-treaters, don't put razor blades in it. Yeah, we'll find you. We will find you. Walter will find you. I will. Anyway, Creedy shoots him while holding onto the mask and he goes flying and you see his demented pumpkin-like face and uh, how his guts are all pumpkin seeds. I did really like that character design. Have you guys ever seen those old films, uh, Pumpkinhead? I'm aware of them. Right. I, I, I wonder if that's uh, that's kind of what the design of Sam went off of. Because I, I do know, obviously, they're like pumpkin-headed things, but do they have candy? Do they have pumpkin seed guts? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if they ever went into that with the pumpkin-head stuff. Oh, well. But I can definitely see that's what the... That's definitely what the inspiration was. There is a lot of callbacks to just old-school horror in this, in this film, just especially with that opening scene alone when the woman is cleaning up her front yard from Halloween and she just sees the she she just sees the kid waiting for his friends in the mask it's very invocative of uh, Halloween just seeing the figure from across the the street or down the sidewalk just watching you but it's obviously played for laughs and yeah but then Sam jumps out at her from the from the box and turns her into one of those uh, stand up ghosts they have I don't know that the movie just got me hooked from that point. But, uh... And also in this movie, 
every character that is considered bad meets their end in this movie. I mean, if we think about the death count in this movie, we have the woman who is throw, uh, is cleaning up the lawn. We have Dylan Baker. We have the three kids from the Rhonda story. Uh, we have Creed, Creedy. We didn't mention that at the end he's finally trick-or-treating and everything, and we think that he's off the hook after fighting Sam and everything. But no, Sam just sent in that army of uh, kids from the bus thing to finish him off. Which, did we mention that it turned out Creedy was the bus driver? Yeah, we mentioned that. Okay. I think we did. Did we, Bobby? I'm fairly certain we did. Yeah. Uh, if we didn't mention it, yeah, you have a point. Creedy is the bus driver. We find that out at the end scuffle. Um, because he is in the process of burning the photos that he had, which... I don't remember ever in school taking a photo with my bus driver. No. I mean, like, a, like a class picture with the bus driver? I mean, like, I used to get my bus driver, like, you know, Valentine's Day gifts, but that's about it. Yeah, Bobby, but that's because you're a real Casanova. Miss Linda was nice. I miss Miss Linda. Yeah, I bet you my, do. My high school bus driver would give me baseball cards. Yeah. Did he also lure you into his basement? No. I need to know. No. Your high school bus driver offered you a bowl of Cheerios every time you promised not to skin the neighborhood cats. (laughs) 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 I'm thoroughly deceased. (laughs) So are the neighborhood cats. (laughs) It was Lotus Woods, there were plenty. So are all the shitty people in this movie. But, uh, yeah, so what do you guys think overall? I really enjoyed it. Um, and if we do see uh, Trick or Treat 2, which Michael Doherty did say that once Godzilla was put to rest, which finally happened, we could definitely see it. Um, I'd like to see, like, I'm sure they could come up with new storylines but I would like to see Rhonda come back because let's face it she led those kids to their deaths right she left them she, she left them to die oh, so yeah. I'd, I'd like to see her make a comeback of course we're gonna see Sam make a comeback but I feel like there could be a real big storyline with her right. yeah I, I feel like they could maybe do a thing where uh, Rhonda and Sam are like a team that'd be nice uh I'd like to see maybe Rhonda cross over more with the Ginger Snap girls, as I like to call them. The Ooh. Yeah, because uh, it's been more than ten years since the last movie, so obviously the actress for Rhonda would be older now. I could definitely see Rhonda becoming uh, one of the Ginger Snap girls, or even fighting them for a little bit. But that kind of takes away from the whole anthology feel of this. I'd feel like it'd need to be new stories. I mean, if they could still keep it an anthology, though, just look at the Saw movies. The Saw anthology? Yeah, at this point, there's, like, going on, what, ten movies now? Right, but I'm talking about, like, the whole creep show, where it's, like, several stories in one movie. Well, I mean, several different characters with different stories. I mean, Saw 6 saw, like, Chester Bennington in a one-shot getting killed. 
All right. May he rest in peace. All right. Well, I guess that was our first episode of Let's Fight About That. Bobby, so you have really high hopes for this movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Uh, Walter, do you want to say anything else about your movie Hush before we keep it going? I think it's a very different feel, though it falls into the same broad genre, which is the horror. It's a very different feel, so it'll be hard to compare, but I think you will both really enjoy the film, and I think mine has a very good chance of coming out on top. Alright, well that was our show for today. Uh, Say bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Alright, catch you guys next time. Hey guys, it's uh, me again, back again, and uh, it's time for this week's Extra Bits. So... A little bit in our timeline, we're about a week away from launching. How do you guys feel, boys? Pretty good. Pretty optimistic. Yeah, I feel like we've gotten a good flow to our episodes, and I think people will really enjoy it. That's good. Yeah, I definitely uh, feel like things are looking up for us. It's now, what, our fourth episode releasing with this one? I yeah. feel like at this point, we'll be doing pretty well at this point. Um you know, maybe by the time this gets released, we'll be start. We'll start talking about maybe having guests on the show. Yeah, that'd be cool. Get different voices. Get maybe someone to show all three of us something we haven't seen. Right, and I think I might have something lined up. My old friend Chen wanted to show us the Star Wars droids cartoon. I'd be down for that. Yeah, I have. I have not seen that. I haven't seen that either. So there it is. All three. Chen, come at us with this droids cartoon. And, uh, so, I signed up for Facebook dating. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Uh, earlier last week, they did announce that there was a new dating service from Facebook. And, uh, I decided, oh, what the hell, I don't usually get a lot of, I don't usually get a lot of business in that, uh, department anyway, so might as well try it out. Yeah, I'll say the interface is kinda not that great, but I can definitely see it moving for some improvement uh yeah it just seems really bland to me and it's definitely not tinder there is the swipe kind of like unlike aspect to it but tinder does it so much better yeah i feel like all the dating sites are going that direction now with the success of tinder right yeah and then you have some like hinge where it's like hey if you want to match you gotta tell them about yourself Oh, oh God. God, that's so awkward. Oh, uh, why am I gonna tell someone about them about myself? But and didn't Facebook try, if not their own dating service, like yes, Walter. doing a connection with a dating service in the past? Well, I know with Tinder you can log in through Facebook. Most dating sites do have the yeah. login aspect. Yeah, it, it makes it really weird because. You can already build your profile, essentially, with Facebook. It'll transfer all your data over. But I guess Facebook knows more stuff about you than it lets on, as we find out, found out with last year's cyber hack. Is that what you'd call it, a cyber hack? Um, more what? like data mining. Right, data breach. Yeah. yeah, with last year's data breach, definitely brought to mind all the things that Facebook is... Uh, Keeping tabs on us about, which is not cool. 
Yeah. For example, there was one time I was just on a Facebook Messenger call with a friend, and he was talking about the fact that he had just bought himself a uh, one of those purple mattresses. Uh-huh. And guess what popped up not five minutes later on my feed? Bones of children to make into your soup? No, an ad for purple mattresses, but really close there, Alex. <laughs> Whatever brings you comfort, my son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. What else could we talk about? Well, um, why don't we talk about what we have planned in about two weeks, boys? Fucking idiots. <laughs> the Halloween special. I'm nuts. Oh. So why don't we talk about what we have planned in about two weeks, boys? Good old Halloween special. Good old scary stories to tell in the dark. Good old creepypastas. So what we're going to do is... We literally just d- described the entire thing. I was going to go into specifics. What specifics? We're going to... Sp- uh, we're going to talk... Yeah... All right, all right, Walter. Do your thing. We're going to read excerpts from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. The original. The original. And we're each going to bring a creepypasta to the table to read aloud. Multiple creepypastas. It might be a good one hour, maybe hour and a half show. I say that now, but it's actually going to probably cap at like 40, 50 minutes. But I think it's going to be a really good time. I think it could be one of the more fun times we have recording the podcast. Oh, yeah, because we're definitely all just catty and bitchy to each other whenever we record. <laughs> all that stuff's cut out, though. Yes. Yeah, no. Well, most of it. All right, well, I'd say that's about time for extra bits. We went to about six minutes here. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Um... No. Yeah, no. No? Alright, well, good night, guys. Your high school bus driver offered you a bowl of cheer that was stuck. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Don't laugh, don't laugh. Your high school bus driver offered you a bowl of cheer. Shit, I can't say it. Hold on. Your high school bus driver. uh, Bobby! Go. Uh, So maybe she does. I hit the wrong button. I accidentally pinged my phone. I was going to silence it. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the Linkin Park guy that offed himself? Yeah. This is going to be in the blooper reel. It's not going to even be in the blooper reel. I'm going to delete all this, but yeah. But yeah, I, I don't consider Saw really a anthology film. Oh, I thought his name was Chester Borgnine, like Ernest Borgnine, the voice of Mermaid Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> 